Welcome to episode 79 of Echo Screen Podcast. My name is Blaze, and with me this week is Rob. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on, uh, Mr. Nicholson. Um, it's good to know. Um, I'm, I'm really to be on this podcast. And, you have to, you have uh, to be louder. It's we have to get the excitement level through the roof. I'm excited, and I'm here to ask: What do you count as the greatest nemesis to Christmas? The like Grinch. Fiction. You think the Grinch? <laughs> is the I mean. Who is that? Um, oh, was it Jack Frost who was the villain in that um, in that was, one Santa Claus movie? I think he was like pro Santa. I think it was the heat miser who was the issue. Oh, I don't, I don't know. But I'm talking about the live action. Um, oh, oh, with like oh, you mean <laughs> with Tim Santa Allen. Yeah, yeah, the Santa okay, Claus. Okay, I was yeah. thinking ice miser and heat miser. Yeah, no, no. But okay. Uh, Those are some RPG up? villains right there. I mean, yeah, we have, we essentially have like a video game's worth of bosses. We have like the first level is like Oogie Boogie. We've got like then Heat Miser, Ice Miser, and then the Grinch would be the final boss. You think? Or I guess so. Maybe okay. Oogie Boogie would be the final boss. Maybe. I don't know. I mean. I was, I was talking to a friend about this the other day, and I was just like, what is Oogie Boogie's deal? Like, He's just a bug sack, dude. Yeah, but the, what's his relation to like everyone? Like, Why is he outside of town? Because he's weird. He's gross. He's a, he's a sack with bugs in it. No one There's wants a to... guy with a melting face all the time. He's more friendly he than be... Oogie Boogie. <laughs> he, know, lives, it's, he, it's... he lives for the game. <laughs> there... I mean, I will admit, anytime there's that one scene where he says, what are you going to do to me? I'm going to do the best I can. That disturbs me yeah. every time. Because I'm every, since I was a kid, I was like, what does that imply? What does that imply, <laughs> man? Uh, what are you going to do to me? I always love the concept of that, like, uh, I didn't expect to uh, talk about the Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, <laughs> but I always uh, love the, like, like, the setting of the, like, that like those set of trees with all the holidays and like all the different holiday worlds and they never do anything with that like at all in I, anything they they kind of do something with that in a video game called oogie's revenge that came out in like 2005 i don't like that like... you know that i don't like <laughs> that you have this information about this video game i it was a point where i think kingdom hearts 2 hadn't come out yet mm -hmm. and i was like you're starving for oh, anything disney I, rpg yeah. something and so it's basically a devil may cry clone oh wow except with who jack you play Skellington. as jack yeah and but he only has the move set from dante with the cowboy hat <laughs> got it there are dance sections actually <laughs> that's like, horrible you, it's it's the final fight is you have to beat Oogie Boogie in a dance-off is Dang. the way you beat the game. I'm not even joking. That's awesome. Uh, you you have to uh, boogie better than him. Sorry, puns aside, uh, we it's a long path to, to walk down, but this is our second Christmas-themed episode uh, that we've ever done on the podcast. So year two, our annual uh, Christmas podcast. This is yeah. part two, cri games from Christmas past. 
and uh and we can see that the world is much different than it was last time i uh, exist in a no green longer, world uh, yeah there's no longer a global pandemic yeah there's a um, double pandemic it it is i wish he was even joking yep. but it is we have doubled up yeah. on virus just like we got two shots of a booster uh and a booster that so did uh coronavirus thank you uh <laughs> it's very sad it's very dark humor um it's dark it's dark we're actually we're yeah but that's dark. why echo screen exists um but so we uh can talk this out and you know also shine a light on some more like uplifting things in this world also concerning things in this world the most also, um amazing uh positive thing that's happened so far uh, that i know is japan built another gundam <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another okay. life-size Wait. Gundam. Have do have they put it right next to the other Gundam? No, I don't think so. I think it's okay. like uh, it's in a different city. So they, I believe they like built the original um, RX seventy-eight, the like original like the like classic Gundam. Then I believe they built a Gundam unicorn that transforms. It like it's like the unicorn, and then it like transforms and then does like glows. It's really cool. And then um the third one is uh is the new Gundam. And it's like uh Greek alphabet and new new. Uh it's not specifically like the classic design with all the funnels, which I, I'm sure means nothing to Rob. But basically is this like I, I I'm just imagining cake when you said funnels, but Yeah, so like uh funnels are these like drones that go around and they shoot laser beams essentially anyway okay. uh the new gundam has this like half cape that goes like up and it's like a bunch of funnels or whatever uh they kind of just look like these uh pillars that are attached anyway yeah. doesn't have that obviously for probably stability issues because it would be a nightmare to engineer the supports on that and they want it to like be freestanding so they didn't put those on but yeah it's pretty cool though okay. it's it's uh just cool to see it's kind of surreal because you're like that's just a gundam like a life-size and then they zoom out and it's like that just looks like a model kit but it's just that's a real thing that exists in real life so yeah and i if correct me if i'm wrong i think last year we talked about like they had it move for the like another one move for the first time yeah yeah there's a there's one that like can like lift its uh legs and move its arms and like turn its head and all that stuff it's pretty cool i don't think the new gundam does that i think it's just like a freestanding thing but yeah. still cool i mean eventually we'll get there right yeah hopefully but uh yeah there's a lot of that uh that happened this these past couple weeks we didn't have a show last week yeah. but uh and then there's also a not a lot of news this is like the no news season so uh yeah i don't know the biggest thing that i wanted to talk about was that embracer group which no one's ever heard of in their entire lives i was about to say <laughs> uh they purchased dark horse comics which is like interesting right because yes. dark horse was like independent and now their own they like they are bought out by a company and so embracer yeah. group is essentially the par a parent company of businesses that uh develop and publish 
uh, PC and console and mobile games, like on the on the global market, mm-hmm. uh, you know them from uh, being known as THQ Nordic. So THQ Nordic, which uh, was like all the stuff from THQ when that got bought out, is now now Dark Horse is like is purchased owned by them. So now they're assumingly going to use some of the pro- uh, properties that they have under the Dark Horse, yeah. like and make video games out of them. And THQ, they're they're currently they have like the Dark Siders. Mm-hmm. Games. that's what they're i think most known for but they've done a lot of stuff over the years so okay yeah is there an is there another one that comes to mind for you when no the only thing that i was when i saw thq nordic all i thought about was darksiders so and like okay. then all my brain went to with dark horse dark horse is is a hellboy if i'm not mistaken right yes so so we're hellboy siders dark horse yeah that that's like a Darksiders Hellboy game is the only thing that came to mind, but I don't even know if Dark Horse actually has the rights to to Hellboy, or if it's like. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's Mike Mignola's. Yeah. Uh, Which it, I mean, like, if it's not, it should be. That's for sure. Yes. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that'd be interesting. Uh, I think I'm trying to remember. The only, apparently there was actually a Hellboy game on the PS1, hmm. oddly enough, and it is not good. Yeah, uh, can but, only imagine, yeah. But then there was another one in, uh, like, I think it was like 2008, uh, it was like called The Science of Evil, and it was like a Metroidvania hmm. kind of uh, a take at it, and it was... It was all right. It could have been better. Uh, but uh, anyway, I didn't mean to just go into the history of Hellboy games. No, you know a lot uh, of obscure video games um, about properties. I know licensed video games. That's, I mean, that's good. We lived. We used to live in an era where those were like through the roof. You know how many different like dog games there were or Barbie games? We don't get that anymore. <laughs> like we really don't get that anymore. Yeah, I mean, there was the golden era of uh, walking into the store and finding every game has been made on the Wii. Yeah. Like, there was, like, CSI games. There was, like... There was, like, a Lost game. There was a bunch of There was, like, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. uh, Virtual reality game. I wish that there was a VR game of that. I would just... uh, You you play as a restaurant owner and... um, (laughs) This scenario is that <laughs> Guy Pierre comes in and he's like, Hey, I wanna try your special dish and you have to prepare it for him and then you have to show him how to make that would be amazing. If anyone and wants to just take that and make a game yeah. happy. Like, happy to You just you have to keep turning to your side because he just keeps getting excited. He's just like, Oh, this is a flavor explosion. Yeah, yeah. Like... Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I would love that. Um Wow, we just made the best uh, game of all time. I think we, we we did. I mean, anyone who wants to pick that up, contact us. I mean, you don't even need to. Just take the idea, and if it's good, well, we did a little good deed in the world. That's all we. <laughs> That's, need. That will be our Christmas deed this yes, year. Perfect. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so, moving on, the other piece of news that I wanted to cover 
fresh off the presses of the internet doctor strange multiverse of madness um got a teaser which from my understanding was played after spider-man or something yeah it was the post post credit scene um cool. there were two post credit scenes i haven't seen and... spider-man and so there will be no spoilers for spider-man yes. i did watch the teaser but before i did i researched it heavily to see if it would spoil anything and it does not spoil no. anything for spider-man it's just straight up hey remember that movie that uh has dr strange and uh wanda maximoff in it well it's it been is. it's been talked about for years but we haven't really known what like specifically like we haven't seen anything and now we have yeah did you watch it oh obviously you watched it because you saw spider-man yeah i did okay. um uh, I could attest to the only thing closest to being in the mood, like from Spider-Man, is the lines that you've already heard in the trailer. In for all the trailers, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as kind of, uh, I guess, non-spoiler, um, that nothing in this in Spider-Man breaches into this. Um, but. Uh, it's an interesting trailer. Like, what are your thoughts on it so far? I think they subverted my expectations immediately because, okay. like, the conversation and, like, the depiction of the Scarlet Witch was that she was going to be the villain. The um, villain. And immediately it's a, it's like, the trailer makes makes it very apparent that it's a team-up movie. Yeah. And, what? yeah, you go. Uh, I, which, that kind of, I, I kind of was like... Uh, depending on the, how they did it like it, it kind of was it's an interesting case with the scarlet witch because for, there's a lot of points to her being like set up to be a villain mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of points to her now like coming into her own as a hero yeah uh so like I mean, it, it would be interesting to see her as a villain, but I, I'm also glad to see, like... I mean, who knows where the movie goes. There might be a point where she has to choose between doing the right thing and doing something that could either give her back her kids or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it based on the way the trailer goes, uh, or the teaser goes, at the end of the teaser, they reveal evil Doctor Strange doctor strange from the the timeline where he uh messed everything up and so he's like unhinged which uh there's like kind of no confirmation to it but he looks a lot like a doctor strange that appeared in what if cool um uh, not to tell like you haven't seen what if yet right yet okay. is a very um a very specific thing that you put in that sentence or question, I guess. Uh, you haven't seen What If is more accurate, I think. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, I would like to announce this is my last episode. No! Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't been compelled to watch What If yet. And I, like, maybe Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness could convince me. I, um, I, th I think the episode with Doctor Strange is, is good even on its own mm -hmm. like a lot of the episodes are good even on its own i think like the last three are the ones that kind of branch off into a kind of crossover thing gotcha but um 
I think that um, it, it's possible based on where the Doctor Strange you'll see in What If leaves off that he could be the villain. But they, it's it's an interesting case. Um, uh, there is also imagery in the trailer that mirrors a scene in that episode. Hmm. So it's it's very interesting. But uh, I feel like I've said interesting a bunch. I don't know if I have. Uh, <laughs> I think you've said an interesting amount of times. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, I I don't think we've seen enough yet to like be like oh the style is like on fire for this one or like because uh sam raimi's directing this mm -hmm. and based on what we've seen so far i don't know if you would say so this doesn't seem very sam raimi-esque yet yeah the only thing that i that i um felt was very raimi-esque with the whole uh trailer or teaser i guess was uh specifically um not like other version of Doctor Strange, where I felt that he was really channeling like a like a goblin, like a green goblin. Like no, I'm not even joking. Like it really felt like a I'm Benedict Cumberbatch doing a Willem Dafoe impression, and it, like that's not a bad thing. Like it just that's how I got it. And yeah. It was green tinted, like the whole nine. Like they were really going for that. So yeah, which they just might like it's that and there's like one brief shot where like he's shooting like energy snakes out of his hands and like the camera the frame is spinning mm -hmm. that that was like ah, ah, that that's okay and then the scene's over uh but we also showed this weird like one-eyed like tentacle monster thing which is not uh shumagorath apparently it you just is... said you just said a bunch of sounds right there <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Uh if if you're a big fan of Marvel versus Capcom, uh or if you if you have you, you ever played it? I've played three, quite a bit of three. Okay. Yeah, he's the green tentacle guy. Oh. Uh, um So yeah, if the only green character I played as was She Hulk, so <laughs> couldn't Okay, couldn't that's fair. That yeah. that's true that's true. Yeah. Not Doctor Doom? No. You just guys It was so it was uh it was She Hulk. <laughs> I think it was Virgil, and uh, it was uh, Amaterasu, the wolf from uh, Okami. That was my team. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I went with people I had uh, the same personalities of, so I did Doctor Doom. I did, uh, you know, all that. I, thank you. Uh, sorry. Somebody no worries. Uh, uh, but, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I doubt uh I doubt it's going to be as dark as it looks. I hope it's as dark as Spider-Man 3. That's all I can ask for, you know. So, <laughs> wait, which Spider-Man 3 are we talking about? <laughs> Spider-Man 3 titled Spider-Man 3. Oh, okay. okay. Not Spider-Man 3 titled Spider-Man No Way the Home. The third one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the sam raimi movie spider-man 3 okay the good spider-man right, 3 do you think he gets uh <laughs> the greatest of all gets... the uh the spider-man film 
Spider-Man Three. If he gets reboot, <laughs> gets rebooted again, he would be. It, they're just gonna call it the first one, the second one, the third one. I hope so. <laughs> Spider-Man the first, and it's a uh, it's a Spider-Man through time, and then it's Spider-Man the second, and it's it's a the second Spider-Man it's of his generations. name. Yes, exactly. And then uh, the third Spider-Man, uh, son of Spider-Man the second, his grandfather Spider-Man the first. Anyway, this this bit's old. Uh, <laughs> I know. You just forced me to like make a Victorian Spider-Man be the banner this year. Wonderful. This, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, okay. So I think it's interesting. I don't know if. Uh, I think the most interesting thing to me was like, oh, they're teaming up. And then, oh, evil Doctor Strange. That's interesting. And then I'm like, okay, if if your doubts of like uh, that evil Doctor Strange is actually evil. And like, uh, at, like I think it might be it. Then my brain goes to it's, it's Doctor Strange teaming up with Doctor Strange against uh, Scarlet Witch. And that's just how it'll, it'll be. I mean, maybe that like it could end up being just like at the ending he has to like go get a team of doctor stranges from across the multiverse yeah but who knows we'll see i mean i feel like they um with no spoilers because i haven't seen the film i feel like that would be double dipping for a concept from a movie they just i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's it for on like the news side for uh, the Christmas time news. Now we'll go to what we've been doing, and then we'll get into if we have time. We'll get into our uh, another bit of uh, lore from our own Christmas past. Uh, okay, you saw some movies. You can uh, you can talk about the Kingsman, which I thought came out fourteen years ago but uh Uh, it's fair i i think it was it was set to come out in 2019 2019 Uh, oh my (laughs) it's 2021 now 2019 really that was i think huh yeah and then got delayed delayed uh covid happened and now we're here um and it is surprisingly one of the most boring movies i've seen this year dang that's right i i feel upset saying that i but i never thought i would see a boring kingsman movie what is it was it too low tech for you like stupid one a uh nonsensical one but I'm sorry, you're you're uh, no. It was the beginning of the movie. The first hour of the movie is um, something ha- we follow the like this father and son who are like trying to be like diplomats, and the son wants to go to war, and the war keeps growing, and he wants to go to war, and it's just them saying. I can't let you go to war. Your mother made me promise on her death that I would never let you see war again. And she's, he's like, how could you? We're in this time of need, I 
Sorry. Are you back? Did I just completely disconnect? You were like lagged out, Can so we got me? like Robot Rob. Yeah. Robot Rob. It's around 2430 okay. where Rob lags out. So what were you saying? His mom <laughs> uh, passed away and she was like, don't let my son go to war. And then uh, her husband, his father was like, I'll never let you do it. And he was like, but why? Why, father? I want to go to war. Please. That's the movie. That's, yeah, that's the movie until just out of nowhere he says, by the way, I run a spy organization based on butlers and like all of that around the world. The father? And we've just been learning about the war. Yes. Oh. The father <laughs> just, he just, he just drops that. Oh, and, I won't let you go to war, but you then, can go to the secret war. And then um, he gets a black suit. Well, no, he... Thanks, thank nice. you. <laughs> nice. Uh, but he... Um, but yeah, then they're like, uh, our uh, consultants say that Rasputin is the one that's like pulling some strings to cause the war to happen. So... You're not going to war. We're going to prevent a war by killing Rasputin. And so they kill Rasputin like before an hour into the movie. What do they and do for the rest of the movie? Well, the rest of the movie is like they get on a train. They have a bottle of champagne and they're like, congratulations. And then I know like, another thing that ends with congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh the most boring son character in the world uh is like but father i still want to go to war i still feel the duty to go to war the war hasn't ended and so he goes to war and then the movie really starts where the movie really should have began is when he's in no man's land he needs to pick up like the body of a like soldier that was carrying information for the other line. And then they come in contact with another group that's been assigned to grab that information. And then they're in the middle of no man's land and they like the two groups realize we can't shoot a thing otherwise they'll start firing again. And we'll like the two groups will get caught in the crossfire. So they like both like silently like agree to put down their weapons and then they pull out knives. And like, are you hearing me now? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm just, I just want to make sure that I'm just trying to make a sense of all this. Yes. Um, so there's like a cool knife fight in no man's land where like all that happens. And then the son gets the body, brings it over and they shoot the son in the head because they think he's a spy. Is this world war one? This is world war one. So where's wonder woman? I know, I know. <laughs> Big missed opportunity. So then we cut back. The dad's like sad. He's like, I knew this was going to happen. And then he like legitimately somebody comes into the room, says, it's time for tea. And then he's, he's like, has a beard. He says, pulls out a bottle. He's like, it's scotch time. And then just downs a bottle of scotch. And, and then the credits roll, and that's the end of the movie. I, you know, I wish. 
then he he's like, you know what? I've been too sad. I'm gonna go stop the Legion of Doom that is con- con- cons- conspiring to do World War One, which included Rasputin and other members of the world. Long story short, the finale's cool. It's on top of a mount- mountain uh, where the villain's there. They get into a sword fight with sword guns. Um, I do like and, a know, gun blade. I do like, I a, do gun like blade. a gun blade. Um, they win, um, but then at the ending, they're like, you know, let's start an organization that's going to remember, uh, that's going to put to good use like the fortunes of anyone who has lost uh, their heirs in World War One, and we'll start it in this this uh, suit shop. We'll call ourselves the Kingsmen. Let's toast. Then the post-credit scene is um, a hired gun kills the Romanov family, um, and then but their the- daughter Natasha survives. <laughs> I wish I <that> was. <laughs> I wish Anastasia survived, and it led into the movie Anastasia. Dang. But that's the, that didn't happen either. Um, so then the. Hitman goes to like the Legion of Doom who were conspiring to do World War One, and they're like, "Congratulations, young man! What is your name?" And he says, "Adolf Hitler." Oh my god! And then it ends. God. So they make a so, second prequel movie. I mean, unless it, it performs well, I feel like everything I, at the box office last week, besides Spider Man, didn't exist. Like. <laughs> Spider-Man yeah. made like over 250 like around 250 million. I think the second highest grossing movie was like 5 million or something ridiculous like comparatively. It's just yeah. like, oh. I I think it was West Side Story or it was Nightmare Alley. It was yeah. like the second don't know. Which which that was that's been a topic of controversy where it's just why did Disney decide it, it was a good idea because they were originally Fox uh movies and they decided to dump them right next to spider-man where they would just die so it probably had it probably at that point fulfilling like money it was money spent then they didn't want to advertise it so they just dropped them uh for like their agreements i assume like i assume when like things go out to like it's just to reach obligations for like legal agreement obligations at that point which, yeah, and which in another time, like this would be the perfect time to release West Side Story. Like it's it's a big musical. They usually tend to release during the holidays. Could just put that straight uh, on Disney Plus. Like if they had if they had put that stuff like just on Disney Plus, I think it would be like more of a feature than it would be like to go out to the yeah. the theaters for that kind of thing. If, but if you did the day and date, really uh release again with yeah. this like i feel i could do much better but like but it's probably again yeah. some sort of like requirement and whatever contract it was to feature in a film like in a theater like theaters mm. first kind of thing but yeah which apparently both both of those were very good um apparently nightmare alley is very long but uh longer than spider-man two and a half hour movie it feels longer than ah. Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah um and as far as i ended up watching spider-man but in i don't want to even say even a little bit of things like because like i know everyone who's listening is very smart and if i try to imply even certain things you will immediately be able to be like oh galactus is in here um, okay so, so um we know galactus is in there wow that's <laughs> amazing i can't even believe it uh just i'll just ask a few non-spoilery questions and you can you can answer them uh as freely as you want okay so first okay. my first question did you enjoy your time with the film i very much enjoyed the movie were you surprised think... by the film uh yeah there was there was a lot that uh, surprised me with what they decided to do. And then third question, um, was the post-credit se- like like that wasn't the Doctor Strange teaser, was that exciting slash um, uh, did it leave a like that level of I can't wait for the future? The the first post-credit scene actually was the biggest bummer of the movie for me okay good to I, know. I i will say that um and based on uh previous conversations we've had um anyone who was listening will probably get it cool but uh yes uh aside from that uh yeah i think yeah highly recommend going seeing it um if you've already seen it, uh, you know, maybe go check out Not the Kingsman. But, <laughs> you know. Uh... Yeah, Spider-Man's made more than enough money. I think uh, I think the other movies should get a chance to shine, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, like, if, you, if you're, like, waiting, like, if you're a big musical person, definitely go see West Side Story. It'll be worth your time. Um, and... Yeah, if you're ready to like go into a new, uh, I guess not a neo noir, a noir film, go see Nightmare Alley. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's my movie corner for the week. Wow. Wonderful. Oh, uh, I also have a, something else, but I'll. Talk what do you about got? Later. What do you got? What do you got? Yeah. Uh, um, I watched the rest of uh, Masters of the Universe Revelations. Ah, yes. I still have not watched that. And uh, okay, Rob did uh, off uh, off show talk to me about how I might be satisfied with this um, comparatively because of basically my problems are answered apparently in this second half. Um, they they go more into well, it kind of seems like this is paying off another half of a story. Yeah, more than as more than a course correction it's more of like everything comes to flourishing if i ever if i can ever say that word right yeah anyway i mean uh, i assume so because when they like wrote and produced these things they wrote the whole story at once and then they were like we'll put half of it out and uh piss a lot of people off and then we'll put the second half out and hopefully they uh, are are excited enough to watch it to see where it goes I was not excited enough to see where it went. (laughs) Well, I I recommend checking it out because it does 
it goes into a lot of interesting ideas. By the end of the first episode, I will say, in some way, He-Man gets the power again. Interesting. He, um, my theory, I haven't seen anything. I literally don't know anything. I had, I was surprised that it had come out. Um, my, uh, weird off-the-cuff theory is that he gets She-Ra's sword, bam, and He-Man becomes She-Ra. Perfect. Uh, that would be interesting. I will say something, though. Um, there is... Is there a third one? There is set up for something for a third one that implies She-Ra might be coming. Is it the She-Ra we know or the She-Ra from the old show? I think it's She-Ra from the old show in this world. Gotcha. Not the new, new one. Yeah, not the one, uh, that we've seen on Netflix before. Uh... Yeah, there's something that kind of implies that. Cool. Um, and but like, unfortunately, I will spoil. I Shira herself does not show up. Dang. Well, that's fine. What else is it good? You enjoyed it. You liked the first I, season, I, so I I enjoyed it much better than the first season. Okay. I I think like. There are points that I agree where, like, the focus was shifted on certain characters more than they should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I agreed. I enjoyed the first season a whole lot. But this is like, I sat down one day. I thought I was going to watch one episode, and I watched the whole thing. Yeah, there's so, like five episodes, right? Yeah, it like immediately grabbed me. Cool. Uh, that's good i mean it should um yeah if it's good it should grab you from the the start do you feel like you had any expectations going into the first season that they didn't hit but they hit those those expectations you originally had with this season i didn't really expect much originally i was just kind of like okay um i hope it's just not like he-Man and Skeletor, but they're cursing now. Well, like... that's all I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. So, so, yeah, I think we talked about this in the past. We I definitely kind of did. Like, yeah. Yeah, we talked about this way too much in the past. <laughs> like, there's a whole section. There's a whole but, podcast yeah. about it. <laughs> Go back and check it out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think... Yeah, if you go into this one, just just go into what you remember with it. Um, I think this one is kind of goes more into paying off what was set up and kind of redirecting the uh, attention to certain characters that didn't get as much attention last season. Cool. All right. That's cool. That's a little exciting, honestly. Uh, yeah. All right. So... Additionally, Hawkeye had the season finale yesterday. It's season or series? It looks like it's... A, originally, it was listed as a series finale. But now on Disney+, Plus, it's listed as like season finale. Cool. I so, mean, obviously, they could do way more with uh, yeah, Kate Bishop. I mean, but I don't know yeah, what happens. I, obviously, I... 
I've only seen the first two episodes, which is a change from uh, last time we talked about on the podcast. But have you seen the finale? Yeah. I, I think this is... Well, I think no matter what happens, uh, Echo uh-huh. might pick up what's left off. Cool. Um, but um, I think that this... It definitely ends in a way where they could do more if they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it also has some finality to it. I definitely think we're going to see more of uh, Kate Bishop in the future. I mean, they're um, really aiming for that Young Avengers like lineup. They're just like yeah. fast-tracking that, it feels like. Yeah, even to the point where like uh, recently, well, like the day it premiered, like they were doing interviews with the whole cast and Kevin Feige. And um, I'm not sure if you heard the story uh, where they asked Haley Steinfeld, so what's next? Are you going to be part of the Young Avengers and all that? And like she very quickly turned to Kevin Feige to like see what he was like thinking at the moment, and like he like looked like this. That's <laughs> like, really funny. Yeah. And then they all giggled about it though. So yeah. like, I mean, I obviously know. they're like playing around, but yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like at, at a certain point it's all a manipulation. Like it is just like a show on top of a show. Yeah. So. Which I. I feel like um, basically with with everything that's uh, going forward, uh, I don't know. You watched only the first two episodes, right? Yeah, so they released the first two episodes together. And so I was like, I at least want to watch those two together, and then we'll see how it is. I'm watching with another person, so it's kind of – I can't watch more. Okay. I would have so already finished it all. You're if, waiting. Yeah, but, but I watched the first two, and I – was like I was like this is pretty much what I expected from a Hawkeye show. Like it yeah. hit every mark of any any expectation I had and it was not like it was interesting. I think um yeah, I don't think I think like some of like the weird like little quirks about it, like they have um they have like larpers. If you don't if and I they explain what what larping is, like live action role play and they like do that whole thing and Hawkeye is surprisingly like not like they don't use them. They they're obviously like poking fun at them, but they're not like actively. I don't think like making fun of them in the way that other like media does, which is pretty cool. Honestly, yeah, they, they would be pimply and they'd be like, "Yeah, oh, we need to sign this for." Yeah, they're like a bunch of cops and firefighters, and they're all like taking it seriously. And like, yeah, so like. The how serious they take it is like made the most yeah. fun of but like that's yeah. the that's the joke but like the th- like that thing like isn't isn't made fun yeah. of the way it traditionally has been which is cool i mean it's just nice to see i mean that's how wa- yeah. mainstream nerd geek culture and, has become and I, I will say uh luckily this isn't quite a spoiler but you haven't seen the last of them cool, cool. so has a secret uh, ho- team of Hawkeyes to go <laughs> against those uh, hilarious bro, uh, bro guys. I mean, <laughs> kind of, uh, they uh, they basically take up the role of um, I, I'm not sure if it's one to one with each character, but um, they basically all the characters in there, like the guy that had the suit, mm-hmm. uh, his 
grills he was uh like hawkeye's buddy in his apartment complex mm. so like i think every member of the larping crew is supposed to stand in for his apartment complex that's like, pretty cool actually neighbors yeah so yeah cool so. uh yeah i know i it's interesting i like the depiction of kate bishop that they're doing it's just like it's just fun uh yeah uh clint as a character he's like he like has this like fatherly vibe and like role in the like avengers movies like every movie he's been in besides like his original appearance in thor he is kind of this like i guess maybe not even the first avengers but like definitely after age of ultron they're like this dude is a father and that's his like the way he like goes into these things and it's really like it's a good like you get that good dynamic of like a fatherly figure teaching someone the ropes and i think that works really well especially with like literally it's like a passing of the torch in in like that's what they're doing and i'm like okay you're doing a show and that's the show i i'm i'm can't wait to see that premise uh fulfilled and so far two episodes of six it's done that but i've been very excited about uh disney plus uh marvel shows before and i've been burned but uh a different show about a father figure the Mandalorian had two good seasons straight up. So I can only assume, um, and I also have no expectations anymore. So I'm just like chilling. So I, I'm excited to see more of, of Hawkeye. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, the, the way you brought that up, like that is kind of actually a really good, like, I wonder if they like from age of Ultron, they planned out like, Okay, so if we make him a father, that would be much more of a good entry point for when Kate Bishop comes in, or if when that landed on their laps, they're like, "Oh fuck, this yeah. works so well." I I just like, I for me, like in Endgame when Tony is a father now and like all this thing, it's like, okay, there were notes of this like throughout Tony's entire character arc to like get him to this, and then they do the whole like, um, like the they they like square the circle in a way where they're like he has that conversation with his dad how his dad wasn't a very good father but he still like loved him and cared about him which they sh- they showed like indirectly throughout the movies and like they showed that he had a rocky relationship with his dad but then they mm-hmm. showed that like th- th- with them having a literal conversation together that they were like they were doing this thing sure but i think it's a little different to be like and then, like, they showed Tony being fatherly to Spider-Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I th- still think, like, the father role is better depicted with Hawkeye than it was Iron Man, if that makes any yeah. sense. So, like... Because it's more of a... Su- like, even though it's, like, a surprise reveal in Age of Ultron, like, like they basically reveal, like, oh, he's the, fa- the father guy. In yeah. The group. Like, it, he's it, the dad. That, like, puts it... Like because that's like his character like that's how they write his character shape his character arc they go from basically zero to this so you go i was just gonna say like even in age of ultron they have a scene where like him and his wife are talking they're like you know you don't need to be doing this he's like i think they're kind of lost without me i think i need to be there and like it's a very dad thing to say to feel like so it's so he does like 
become like mm-hmm. a big dad energy of the group you and, know and uh, even uh, yeah use modern terms and uh and like the way they depict this father figure with like tony is very different obviously it's like mm-hmm. a different version of that arc but i feel like um it works it just works differently i just felt yeah. like it's more successful with hawkeye yeah. than it is for than it was for tony but yeah, anyway i'm enjoying what i'm seeing for sure yeah. and i think it might most of my opinion on that with tony is because like oh he has a daughter during the time skip and he wants to change the world back but not at the same time because he has this kid yeah. but it also messes everything up which is a classic tony move like it works it all works like thematically character wise like story wise but i also just like just this new actor that is there for that one film and now uh now we have this whole like different universe based off of it but yeah with uh with hawkeye it's like they're the same actors from uh from we've seen them before we have plenty of time with them like we got we got more of them so maybe if they bring uh tony's daughter back for some role within the franchise you know yeah but yeah so you watched it you liked it you uh okay i don't think this is a spoiler does it stick the landing the way um the way i felt none of the other shows did well it depends on kind of what you're looking for with it like i i feel like it ends with like like essentially i think the whole show is a big stack of powder kegs Mm -hmm. that like line up and at the ending they all go off cool and so it's kind of um the ending's uh chaotic but i think it's what it's going for like it's like everything at once uh but it's i feel like it does spend the right amount of time on certain things there's one nebulous decision that may be paid off in another project that like i was like Oh, okay. You better not have done that. Mm. Uh, but I feel like they brought they, um they brought a Ben Affleck back as Daredevil. I knew it. <laughs> he comes in. Uh, the suit's ill-fitting. He's like, oh god, a stop. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, we didn't have enough money to buy him a new suit. <laughs> we just used the old one. No, we didn't use his old suit. We used the suit from the Netflix awesome. show, so it's not fitting right. Perfect. <laughs> okay Uh, but um no i mean um i think i think it works um i i'm kind of in a point where i really like the show i'm not sure if i could say i loved it yet okay so but then again i've talked to other people and i was like i don't know and then like other people have been like i don't know i i thought it was pretty all right like i really enjoyed it and so um i think uh I'm kind of weird with it. Um, then again, I'm like the guy who really liked Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So my point of view is very off. Yeah, uh, I mean, you most. hate, from what I understand, you hate Hawkeye as a character. So it's... Um, yes, I, I hate know. him so much. Yep. I want him to... I want him to die When so his hard. family uh, dusted on screen, you were like, Yes! I, I yeah! Like, yeah. <laughs> And now he should go. No, he's still here. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, no, awesome. I think I think it works 
I think it's pretty good. I don't want to set any expectations too high or too low. Like you want it to uh, hit the mark just like one of Hawkeye's arrows. Thank you. Put the laugh track in here when I edit the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching too much Seinfeld, which I'm not going to talk about. Uh, tell us about every episode of Seinfeld. I'm on like right season now. four or something of Seinfeld. Okay, then t- tell us about every episode leading to season four. Uh, <laughs> the first season only has five episodes. Oh, damn it. And season Please two, don't tell me about se- Seinfeld. Season two only has 12 episodes. And season three has 22 episodes. It's like... It's kind of like uh, Parks and Rec, actually, in that way. Where it's oh, like... God. But then it goes on for like a bunch more seasons. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's Seinfeld. Everyone knows about Seinfeld. Whatever you're thinking about Seinfeld, that's the show. It's Has, Seinfeld. It's uh, not aged very well. All the characters are bad people. That's still the same. So if you think about it in that context, it's aged fine. Because it, they're all bad people anyway. But, uh, yeah... It's definitely like our well, times have really uh, progressed. We have definitely uh, we've definitely learned some things. That's for sure. But yeah, uh, what else? What else, Rob? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, has there been uh, any like? Have you played any more games? Have you watched like any? Uh, other shows like any i'm glad you asked (laughs) you shouldn't have asked i finished going to unicorn okay how'd it pay off um it's definitely a sequel series to gundam and i think that it's a good sequel series to gundam but uh it doesn't answer me it doesn't like connect the dots to me because I know that there's nothing else that I'm like, even if I had watched Zeta Gundam and double Zeta, which are two like 50 episode series that take place before Shars counterattack, which I've talked about in depth, like right after Shars counterattack chronologically is Gundam unicorn. And then after Gundam unicorn, there is a movie that is called Gundam narrative. And then right after that, chronologically, the next piece of media is Gundam Hathaway. And so I, I've talked about Gundam Hathaway. I will not watch Gundam Narrative. And also it's like one of the worst movies in the Gundam franchise, apparently. And doesn't add anything to the, the story. But where Gundam Unicorn ends and Hathaway starts, that's like about a... Um, do the math here. It's about a 10-year gap of time. And where it ends... And the events of Hathaway don't, uh, they don't matter. They don't match up. There's this character, and before you laugh uh, out loud, there's this character named Full Frontal. That's his name. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, that's his name. And throughout the whole show, they're like, he's the second coming of Char. And, uh, and so Char, as I've talked about uh, before, is like, the villainous like counterpart to Amuro from Gundam lore. Rob is laughing silently right now, but no one will see the visual because we're doing an audio only podcast this week. Uh, anyway, second coming I, of Shar. I, I had to mute myself because it just became the J. Jonah Jameson. Like, can I get a raise scene? That's really funny. <laughs> the wheeze. Uh, 
Oh, I made a joke about pizza time the other day, and I just wanted you to know that. <laughs> okay. Is there any context to it? or? I just had pizza. That was it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I walked into the room, and I said, pizza time, and that, that was it. Oh, that um, explains that cold shiver that hat ran down my spine. And then slowly anyway. the uh, the pizza time music started playing uh, across the entire universe. Uh, yeah, so Second Coming of Shar happens in uh, in Gundam Unicorn, and then in Gundam Hathaway, I'm pretty sure the same. They say the same thing. They're like this new character. His name is Mafti, and he's the Second Coming of Shar. And so, what is to be believed here we, who is the actual second coming of Shar? what's happening is it it's all the same timeline i know that it's the same timeline it's the universal century timeline i know that anyway doesn't really matter gundam unicorn is really interesting uh for the mech battles and the mech designs i think the which i really didn't like a lot of the the way uh space battles were depicted in um original Gundam Char's counterattack had like some better stuff to me and then uh Hathaway doesn't really have any space Gundam stuff and then I really don't like the way it's depicted in wing at all and uh G Gundam we haven't seen any space fights yet for I guess we've seen like half of one but that doesn't really matter um they do a good job but what do you... How many underwater uh, Gundam fights have we gotten? A few of them, actually. Damn we it. we have gotten a few of them in Wing and uh, and yeah. in uh, Unicorn and in the original series. But I was uh, going to pitch Gundam Atlantis, but like, that'd be uh, an interesting Gundam. Um, I assume it would have a trident of some kind. Anyway, exactly. yeah. So Gundam Unicorn is pretty cool. It uh, casts a check. And you can, uh, that it writes a check that you can actually cash, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, it is a sequel series. So if you don't watch anything else, you don't know anything else, you will not be able to follow it whatsoever. Um, it is through and through a sequel series. It's not, uh, I think the only different thing that it's doing from all the other ones, um, is, I guess this is a spoiler, but so far... It's the only piece of Gundam media that I've watched in the Universal Century timeline where the main character, the main protagonist, survives, and also his main love interest survives as as well. So that's interesting and different. That's, but it's all I don't. That's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, cool. But also, like, Gundam is a franchise where it's like we're super mutant people who have like psychic abilities and so instead of character development we just say we have everyone connected as superpowers so when they're like characters suddenly just like are like entwined with each other it's like we're psychically linked and now our destinies are combined like are are merged which which that's something that like you guys like mention while we're watching it and i'm like what yeah so imagine like when you said, is she a new type? I was like, there's mutants in this? Now? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, in the premise of Gundam, there is, like, an evolved subspecies of human called new types that have psychic abilities that transcend our uh, our flesh, essentially. Like, we exist. 
It's kind of like, um, you know, the collective unconscious from Persona, like Mementos and all that. Yeah. It's like you have access to that and you can touch everyone in there and they could also touch you as well. And it's interesting because uh, I didn't really think about it until I watched Unicorn and they explained it a little deeper to me. But it's basically the same thing. It was like the goal of what the like what is tra- they're trying to do in Evangelion. So there's that. But uh, but I mean, obviously, Evangelion came after Gundam, and it's very heavily inspired by the mecha genre and all that. But whatever. Uh, yeah. So I watched that. I started the first two episodes of Turn A Gundam, which. Turn a Gundam? Turn A. So it's an upside down Turn A. Turn a singular Gundam. Anyway, the it's the weirdest looking Gundam of all of them to me, besides Reconquista and G, which we won't talk about because I haven't seen any of it. But um, Turn A Gundam is from... It's like an alternate timeline. It's from uh, 1999 to 2000. It features... Um, designs for all like for the mechs uh for the gundams the mobile suits from a concept artist named sid mead who was the concept artist for hit franchises like aliens blade runner and tron and so the gundam known as like the white doll or the mustache it has a mustache it's really uh it's like it's a different shape like it you recognize it as a gundam but it is shaped differently like it is just that is that is a different looking thing a non-traditional gundam aesthetically it looks closer to a ghibli movie than it does like a gundam series and it's reflected in like the designs of everything and the world um based off the two first two episodes like it is a very different setting like it's the space noids and the earthlings like or the earth noids are all there the politics are all there like the thematic elements of gundam are all there but the uh aesthetic and setting are very different um there's this mix of like like pre-electricity and like cusp of electricity like industrial age stuff happening but at the same time there's like giant robot mechs and guns and all like laser beams and all that stuff so it's it's kind of war of the worlds-esque in that way like classic depiction of war of the worlds not um was it tom cruise movie was that him yeah anyway um and the music's done by yoko kano so it it uh it's really good music like it's phenomenal it sounds like a great kind of convergence of people it like really is like watching a, a Ghibli movie in a lot of ways, and it gives me vibes of like uh, Mononoke, um, Nausicaa, Breath of the Wild. Like I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild, also, which I'll talk about. But uh, yeah, I'm. It's just like so interesting. I don't know how it all shake up, but it's strange. It's definitely strange, but I'm enjoying it. So. Uh, Definitely a non-traditional Gundam series. It also gives me like Shadow of the Colossus eco vibes, which I don't know if if you understand that. But yeah, I compared it to a lot of different things. But hmm, yeah. 
Sorry, my uh, the sound cut out again. Mm-hmm. What was the last thing you said? Oh, I just said Shadow of the Colossus and Eco. I said, yeah, I, I yeah. I said I, I know a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I, I mean, that's gonna be. Uh, is it streaming anywhere or is it? Um, I don't know. I have I've um, it's on Blu-ray. I know that. So okay, so that's how you're watching. Yeah. Okay. But okay. um, yeah. It's weird. It's definitely weird, but you know, that's there's so much Gundam. It's uh, kind of I'm just like kind of picking and choosing instead of watching the uh, whatever the essentials are. Yeah, it's it's different. The Sid Mead, Sid Mead, um, he passed away in 2019, sadly, mm-hmm. but um, his influence on like pop culture is huge. And so when I was yeah. when I've seen some of the concept art, I was just blown away. Like they are, it's like incredible work. I'm looking at it now. This is some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So it's definitely worth looking into. Uh, it's just it's just different. Like, it's Gundam without all of the, the baggage, but it's condensed into the themes of Gundam so far. And so I'm only two episodes in. So uh, oh. other than that, I watched season three of Ink Master because Ink Master... Uh, only season three and four are on Netflix, and Ink Master is a tattoo game show where the Ink Master, as they are called, wins one hundred thousand uh, f- dollars, like for the competition. And so season season three is from like almost a decade ago, like it's like twenty fifteen ish, don't know uh, specifically, but uh, I was just like. So the premise of, like, a game show where they make, like, knives or swords or something, okay, that's fine. Like, or they bake stuff, all right. That's not going to, like, permanently change someone's life forever, right? But when you uh, when you have a tattoo competition and they're all trying to be the best tattoo artist and some of them are just not, and then they, like, do a bad tattoo and that's on a person's body forever like yeah you can get a tattoo quote-unquote removed but that's like a horrible like painful process that costs a lot of money and can and can just not work sometimes um so you're watching like like almost 20 people like go through this competition tattooing people not great tattoos and like go and like having to to commit to challenges like they have like a a short tattoo which is like an hour or two um and then they have like a long tattoo which is like around six hours and if you can't finish that tattoo you just don't they just don't get those tattoos finished or like uh, it's just ridiculous or if it's just like a really bad tattoo it's just on a person's body and i'm like i'm not anti-tattoo in any shape or form but i'm also like what mentality does someone have to be like do they want five minutes of fame to be on this show to get a tattoo by like a potential ink master person like that is just like to me mind-boggling that they could get a potentially horrible tattoo just so they can be on tv or something i don't know but i mean that's like something you would never want to do no that's like one of my greatest fears is having a like well, horrible tattoo yeah one of, like getting a tattoo and then it being bad is like 
that's terrifying to me and then additionally it's like not only is it a bad tattoo but it's like public on tv and bro everyone's looking at how you got this like really big like bad tattoo and the person um who did it was like voted off of that show because they weren't like the ink master i don't know that's my like very uh fast opinion about it i think it's um also kind of mean-spirited it's like a really like really different from like uh because you're like it's like a reality tv show obviously game show so like you're with these people the whole time and in this particular season there is this like one like tattoo artist who was like both antagonizing and being bullied by like by it was like this like circle of hate that was happening between like this one guy and then every other competitor essentially and so you're watching this guy get constantly like beaten down and then this guy is just constantly like like you push someone so far they're only gonna like snap back even if like even if that guy like wasn't very good at what he does and saying horrible things it's like everyone's dogpiling this one guy so it's kind of like it's it's like really stressful to watch and like left a bad taste in my mouth so i was just like i actively feel anxious when watching this like above all the other tattoo stuff just like a i don't like these people make me not like them because they're all being bad to each other it's like i don't want to watch an hour of that like come on dude um, once that character character I guess they are characters at this point that once that person left it um for like the few episodes uh it was like a little less antagonistic uh but but yeah and I was just like I think I've been spoiled by like the great British baking show and um forge and fire nice yeah everyone's way nicer than that but also it's like yeah it's a reality TV show where they're they're like amping up the uh the yeah. uh, attitude and all that so you know there's like it that kind of there's like one episode of um uh, i watched the show face off mm-hmm. where um it's like a makeup competition but like there's a point where uh i was like okay this is all set up to do this and it's all set up to do that and like there's just one guy who's just terrible at it like mm-hmm. he like made the worst makeup but he's like also terrible to like everyone else on the show like he thinks he's the greatest one it's kind of and, the way like, it was he... in this too yeah yeah and like there's one guy who is like set up to be like a partner with this guy on the thing and like uh, like they it's the first competition of the year like mm-hmm. it's the first episode and this guy is just like actively like kind of making the thing worse and like you see this guy just trying to politely move on with it mm. and just be like okay well i think now i think this idea doesn't work here and then you see it's like it's so real like oh. to the point of how you have to work with someone that's like, pain yeah it's actually yeah, pain was, yeah and i was just like okay there's no way this is not like and then years later i had to do a presentation for this and it turned out the guy who was really bad at the thing ended up uh, making a documentary to expose that face off was a sham and he said you see i they were just 
filming me in a way that made me look bad. And like his like choices in the thing were like the first thing was like use everything that's in here to like make uh like your makeup like in their first competition. And there was like a table of stuff. And like he decided to use like bar pretzels to like make teeth and all that. And it doesn't it's not like one of those like ooh that was an inspired choice. It looks like he just glued on pretzels to something. So it's like, yeah. So it was a huge thing that I was like, okay, so I guess it was real because this yeah. guy is like, yeah. Uh, but tough. anyway, uh, yeah. Sorry to go to a tangent about face. No, no, it's, it's relatable. It's definitely, uh, <laughs> I definitely feel that. Uh, okay. So. But yeah. Beastmaster, uh, that seems like. That seems like a show I'd be into. Uh, yeah, they actually seems um like I'd also be horrifically stressed with. They had well. a DC day on that uh, on that show, and um, what's his name? What is his name? Greg Capula, I think it was Greg Capula. Um, he came on yeah. as one of the judges, and uh, yeah, there were some really good ones and some really bad ones. Uh, it was like DC, but the challenge was villain, so you had to tattoo a comics accurate villain to a person and um how many of them were jokers uh i think there was only one joker actually um okay they they were pretty good um for the most part all of them were spot on but there's a few like there were a few things that were off um that changed the the fate of people essentially so yeah uh, like, that was Here's cool. my character, Magneto. No, <laughs> uh, nothing like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, I've been playing Breath of the Wild again, which I basically started a new save on Breath of the Wild from like square one, and it's my second time going through. I started. Uh, oh, so last week we didn't have a show because I got my booster shot, and I was uh, knocked out like for two days i had pretty uh pretty bad side effects but like that's just my personal constitution um but uh yeah so during the time when i was in a fog i remember getting up that day going to get my booster shot coming back and then i don't remember like the rest of that day other than playing breath of the wild and sleeping and then it was suddenly saturday i got the shot on thursday and then it was saturday and I looked at my From Zero Zelda file, and I had, like, leveled up all of my stamina and, like, found, like, a like a ton of shrines and gotten the Master Sword. Like, all this stuff. Like, and I was just like, how did I do that? <laughs> so, so your home became Hyrule. Yeah, for, yeah, uh, for real. For a little while. And I've been playing it, and I've just been, like... When I first played Breath of the Wild, I think I beat the game getting, like, all of the um, story bits, essentially, um, for like and doing all, like, the, the main story missions and stuff. It took me around, like, 66 hours total, and that was just, like, the main story with that my exploration. And I got, like, around, I think I got a little over half of the shrines. I don't know how many hours I've put into the second playthrough so far, but I have so far, I, um, I've gotten like over 80 shrines 
of just finding them on my like I, i've just found new like new shrines or figured out puzzles and i go hunting for ingredients now and it's just like really cathartic to just like run around and explore this world and um hang out i as like a super chill game for a game with like combat and stuff but yeah i uh i don't know it's kind of a cozy game i like to play zelda this time of year when it's like like thanksgiving ish like solving puzzles and roaming around it's just kind of my thing but yeah it's nice to return to it after uh i think i played it for the first time in 2019 so um obviously i'm hyped for breath of the wild 2 which may or may not come out next year but yeah uh yeah you know that's about it i uh last year my christmas game was 13 sentinels so uh this year i'm playing breath of the wild again but yeah uh yeah i guess my christmas game is uh well i get it last year i was like oh i can't wait for tales of the rise to come out yeah it's gonna be so cool you know luckily i can luckily i could say it is cool Mm-hmm. Uh, I have still yet to beat it. I was hoping this week I was going to come on and be like, so this is how it wrapped up. Yeah. But I like got to the point in every JRPG where they're like, this is it, everyone. This is the final battle. Are you ready? Yeah. And then you can save the game and like go do everything else before you beat the game. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so hopefully next week I'll tell you about that. But. Uh, I was also thinking for next week, um, we could discuss what our uh, favorite games from this year were and yeah. what our favorite uh, favorite music from games and from otherwise this year. And I know like Spotify does that Spotify rap thing. So um, we can share some of that if you're interested in that. It would be really cool. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'd definitely be on board for that. Cool. Uh, one Christmas memory i'll uh share is that i remember getting like um i remember getting sonic advance 3 for the game boy uh advance for one christmas and i don't know why uh i never got the other sonic advance games and uh my sister had a sega genesis and she would play like sonic 1 2 and 3 and like sonic was like a staple in the household but, like, I don't know specifically why my parents thought in, like, the year 2000-whatever it was to just get a new Sonic Game Boy game. Like, I don't know what, like, crossed their mind. Maybe they just saw it and they were like, hey, he likes Sonic. I'll get him a Sonic game. Uh, Sonic Advance 3? Awesome. That's a great game. I, I really wish I had that still. But, yeah. Is it ported to anything? Like, I'm sure you... I could emulate it, but I'd probably want uh, an actual cart so I could play it on um, an analog pocket. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. just a straight-up Game Boy Advance, which I still have my Game Boy, but I do want that analog pocket, that's for sure. I also recently found uh, our Game Gear that we had, and there was this um, there was this Mickey Mouse game. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when I was a kid, there was this like, Mickey Mouse game for the Sega... Uh, game gear where uh you play as mickey and he like goes through these platformer levels 
And I always got to this like level where it was like the dragon from Pete's Dragon. I think like it wasn't actually, but it looked like that. Like it's this green dragon to me in my memory. And uh, you fight that guy, and I would always die, always. And I would never get pa- I never got past it when I was a kid. And also, the Game Gear's battery life was like fifteen minutes at best because of the. I'm exaggerating, obviously. I was probably closer to two hours with six AA batteries drain them like like uh, they were nothing. But uh, with the analog pocket, you can um, get an adapter and play that. And I found the copy of that game, so I totally want to go back and play that for sure. Yeah. Man. But yeah, uh, it's cool. As, as far as my Christmas memory. Uh... I would I would say uh, oh I think I have <laughs> here it is uh so I had gotten Nightmare Before Christmas there it Cookies is Revenge. there it is <laughs> and that's the start of the podcast thank you everyone <laughs> and, all right we've gone back in time yeah uh no I remember one year I came down so angry because. <laughs> I was like, I paid to fight with Jack Skellington, and I got a rhythm game. Awesome. <laughs> That's funny. No, but I, uh, but now, of course, in my rose-colored brain, that's a good memory. Uh, but, you know, uh, I do want to finish that game one day. Do you still have the just... cartridge? I... I think I have the DVD and not the DVD, the CD somewhere. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but like, I went, I found the box for it, and I was <laughs> like, finally, I can open up. It's gone. It's not open. So anymore, yeah, yeah. Your uh, your your screen is pop. Okay, you're back. You're back. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, I said, uh, I opened it up. The CD was gone. Yeah. So I um. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's now one of those things where if I had all the money in the world, I'd buy a PlayStation Two and get that. Is your PS Three not one of the backwards compatible ones? I think it might be. Uh, originally, it was a backwards compatible one. Then it exploded. Ah, and then yes, you know, casually, yeah, it exploded. Those uh, that that generation of consoles is hilarious to me because those things like did not hold up like at all like the between the xbox's red rings and the playstation yeah. like yellow light of death like come on guys which i'm i'm really glad that like it's like more than seven years in and i have my ps4 still working yeah especially now that like ps5s are going to be available in 2025 uh but you know we hope if the ch- uh, the uh every shortage all the shortages go away but hey uh you know there's nothing impacting those right haha ha. i would yeah, cough totally. uh jokingly but that is uh, not no, funny that, that's a nightmare <laughs> here now yeah for real uh but in any case uh yeah um it's i'm sure there's i could like go into one Christmas when I was weird and I like, I don't know. I was just kind of, as the kid who would like, whenever family was around, I decided then to do my stealth uh, routine and try to sneak around everyone. And so like, but my way of doing that would be 
I would lean up against the wall and imagine you. <laughs> That's funny. I would just like do like the sideward step, making sure, and everyone would just be like, "Robert, Robert's trying to get out of the room. Just uh, let's uh, let's do that." And so, like, I'm in the middle of the conversation. I would step back and like when no one was looking, like when someone else talked, and I would just uh, go to the wall. Because I thought that was the way to sneak around. Yeah, well, I mean, if video games taught you anything, that's not how to do it. Nope, it's not. I need a box. Uh, but that's, <laughs> yes. that's the point. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if I talked about it last year, but I distinctly have a memory of getting my Game Boy Advance for the first time. Oh, my. Lockies, please. I'm trying to record a podcast here. If, uh, if you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening in now, he's just been attacked by a wild animal. Yeah, there's uh, a cat in here. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I got uh, a, a Game Boy Advance. It was, uh, and uh, I remember that game. One of the games I got was uh, Jackie Chan Adventures, the game where he plays Jackie Chan from the animated yes. TV show Jackie Chan Adventures. Anyway, uh. I don't know. I got pretty far in that game, but I never beat it. Uh, that's for sure. So that's your ja- uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie's Revenge. I guess it is. So, mm. but uh, yeah. Well, it was or good talking to you. Uh, that's for yeah. sure. I uh, I hope everyone out there listening has a great holiday, uh, yeah. whether or not you celebrate or not. Um, we'll be yeah. back before uh, before the new year. To talk about some New Year's stuff and some year in review stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, everyone. I really appreciate it. Rob, as always, thank you. No problem. Yeah. And everyone, have a ma- Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Well, Hanukkah was before. Um, what are the other? Happy Kwanzaa. Happy uh, Festivus. Happy Festivus. Festivus. I'm watching too much to- Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there yeah. any other holidays around this year? I mean, I couldn't tell you, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry if I'm neglecting a holiday. Uh, also, I'm the cool. greatest uh, Christmas supervillain is uh, Krampus, I think. Oh, that's true. So happy Krampus. Uh, Horrifying. <laughs> that does not Horrifying. sound good. Uh, yeah, oh, I don't know. God. I don't know what to tell anyone anymore. Apparently, Witcher season two came out didn't even know i have no interest in watching it i i wish i did um rob a pro tip about rob rob hates medieval fantasy i hate medieval fantasy i hate like when they're like we need to go to the to the as the uh scarlet mountains of zanzibar and like that's he loves final fantasy that's all i gotta tell but i love final fantasy where they could be like we need to go to the scarlet mountains of zanzibar yeah and we did it stop sephiroth you can like, change we, you can you can tell like he liked like even though it's like medieval fantasy he liked final fantasy 9 and he likes um final fantasy 10 for that matter like those are very much in those kinds of settings yeah but it's, it's that but you have you start the game with like a future thing yeah and then like i don't know maybe the fish out of water element is maybe something that draws me into it i, don't I guess know. you have to uh, watch it uh watch um watch lord of the rings but instead of uh the hobbit being the prequel you do like the star wars trilogy as the prequel and frodo could be like 
Luke's kid or something. And that's there the that's episode seven, eight, and nine instead of uh, what we got. Maybe that's the way to do it. Who knows? We'll <laughs> we'll see. Whenever I never watch, he won't Lord do it. Rain. I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, I think those movies are <laughs> awesome, but I don't blame you for not wanting to watch them. But uh, I, I every time, uh, it, it's not worth it. We're already over time. Yeah. Mer- happy holidays, everyone. Merry holidays. And- happy the ones that you celebrate uh and stay safe (laughs) yeah stay safe out there it's cold um if not temperature wise but uh existentially (laughs) (laughs) i was wondering i knew you were gonna say it in a certain way but i didn't expect existentially oh thank you uh hey uh maybe i'll have seen spider-man i'll talk about that next week but all right no one knows what the future holds except for yeah. that it's always coming for us. 